0: Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth and one.
1: So, you know, it's with that time, goes. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs. And man, that is one of the most fun Raiders games um, I can remember in a long time. 48 to nine. It's It's the biggest butt kicking on either side in this rivalry. 126 games. The Chiefs had beaten the Raiders by 35 once in 1964. The Raiders beat the Chiefs by 35 once in 1968. Nobody had ever beaten them up by 39 until today. I mean, and this is this is the fourth time in the last seven meetings the Chiefs have won by at least 27. It's getting hard to call this thing a rivalry had it not been for last year uh, and, you know, the Raiders win at Arrowhead when the Chiefs were undefeated and then, you know, the little victory lap, but between the victory lap and stomping what? on the arrowhead, between the victory lap and stomping on the airhead this year, man, uh, the Raiders are not doing themselves any favors. I, I, I think that the, the the Chiefs are going to remember these two incidents for a while.
0: But uh, isn't it funny though Like you and I are talking about like they did? They had no idea about the field stomping thing,
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> no, and that's the thing. Like t- as far as today's concern, like most of the players didn't know about the the. The team meeting that got relocated from the 25 yard line to the to the to the logo. For those of you who don't like, know, like they know before they the game do, they can
0: set up a zoom meeting, right? Like you don't have to go to the middle of the field for that.
1: Right. Stuff. Yeah. But before the game, the Raiders chose to run from the 25 when they were doing their breakdown before going to the locker room for the, you know, for their last uh, you know, checks. Um, and they decided to go stomp around all over the arrowhead logo at midfield. Now, the Chiefs players didn't really know about it before the game, but they sure knew about it afterwards, and they weren't happy. Truth of the matter is, though, I mean, and I hope that Patrick Mahomes is mic'd up, because I heard that he might have brought up the victory lap in the tunnel before they went out on the field anyway. so
0: <laughs> Todd, all I know is it's the gift that keeps on giving, man. Yeah. They're going to like, be talking about the victory lap for like a decade from now. i be like, remember when I did that victory lap <laughs> back in this time? No, that's the uh, look. I mean, the the way that team played on Sunday, that was that was that was their best performance of the year. And I mean, don't get me wrong, they've done well against the Raiders twice this year, but in terms of a complete game, special teams, defense, offense, like that, that's hands down their best game. And if they can if they can perform like that against the Chargers on Thursday or anywhere near that level, and if they can perform like that down the stretch, like they're gonna be
1: insanely tough to beat. Yeah, I, I mean that's three straight games the Chiefs have allowed nine points. Um, they, you know, they, they beat the Dallas Cowboys nineteen to nine. They beat Denver twenty two to nine, and now forty eight to nine. Um, and I, I don't. I mean, look, if you want to pick apart, um, you know, the fact that Jordan Love didn't play, the fact that you know the Dallas Cowboys weren't at full strength, like you can certainly pick apart each individual performance. But I'm telling you. I don't care who you are or who you're lining up against for a defense to give up 17 or fewer points in six straight games in the NFL. That is one heck of a defense. That's one of the best defense in the league. And I don't care who you're going against or what excuses you want to make about how they're playing. That team is balling out right now. And I mean, when you look at, look, they didn't even have LeJarius Sneed today because he was back in Louisiana attending to a family situation. Mike Hughes stepped up you know, and had, he was part of three turnovers, had a defensive touchdown, led the team with nine tackles. They had five turnovers overall. The pass rush got Derek Carr rattled early front to, you know, Nick Bolton and Willie Gay continue to play at a very high level at the linebacker spot. I mean, front to back, back to front, side to side. This team is just balling on defense right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, the defense had themselves a day and it, if they can have the only way I see the chiefs opening up the national media's eyes, is if they do that against the Chargers yeah. and the Bengals, then I mean, they may be able to kind of the Steelers. I, I think they'll be wishy washy on, but if the Bengals can put together a couple of strong performances, then I mean, I, the Chargers one's going to be the big one, though. Like the Chargers one's going to be massive in terms of what the Chiefs can potentially prove to the national media or what the Chargers are going to prove to the national media. Like that, like that game, that's going to be one of the biggest Thursday night football games this year.
1: Let me, what impressed you most about this, this defense? Cause obviously, you know, Jaron Reed getting the forced fumble that, you know, I mean, you're 17 seconds into the game, you know, the Raiders start with the football and they're already down seven to nothing before you can even blink. That just doesn't happen very often, but even the next couple Raiders drives, you know, the pass rush, Melvin Ingram was a beast to start off with. I mean, he was. He, he wasn't getting the sacks, but, man, he was he was disrupting uh, Derek Carr with the pressure he was creating, pushing guys back into his lap, collapsing the pocket, not giving him space to step up. And, you know, then you had the interception. You had another turnover, and it just snowballed. All of a sudden, it's 35-0. But what impressed you most about the defense and the performance they put together, especially in that first half?
0: I would say how opportunistic they were with the turnovers. Um, that was the biggest thing that stood out to me, especially the way that Mike Hughes was punching out the football,
1: like Mike and, Tyson.
0: And, uh, I mean, just like for people that, that haven't had to do that, that, that before, there's a certain timing, a certain rhythm you have to have with that to where they leave the ball out at a certain angle and they have to do it when they're doing a certain type of cut sometimes. And, you know, and I mean, he hit that, he hit that perfectly multiple times and, Like that, that's insanely tough to do. You know, you could practice that thing a thousand times, and for him to be able to do what he did today, uh, twice, and then also pick up the fumble recovery like it was a massive day for Mike Hughes. He really, really, really shined and showed a lot of that first round talent with those plays alone. Um, and that, by that the was, way.
1: He scored a touchdown on interception, his first game in the league as a rookie back in 2018 with Minnesota. This is his first trip back to the promised land was today. Uh, And you could tell it meant a lot to him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was, you could tell he was really excited about that. So it, um, yeah, it, um, I, I, that impressed me. And I mean, just the turnovers, they forced like that. This defense just had such a, good attitude about them, like from a run defense perspective, they were focused, they were determined, they weren't sloppy at all. They were signed in their assignments and in and, and, and their assignments. Um, they were sound in their assignments. I don't know what I just said before that. but You said it more... signed in their
1: assignments, but I, well, I knew what you were saying. I wasn't going to correct you. but I'm so sorry, man. It's one <laughs> of those days.
0: Uh, I, I have been up since about 6 this morning. Um, yeah, as I left the station last night about midnight. Um, got to about six or seven, got there to put together our, our live 10 a.m. show. And then, yeah, I got back a little bit ago. So, for people that don't know, it's I don't know anymore. 12, 13 hour day, who knows anymore? I'm not, a, I'm not a numbers cruncher. Um, well, you know, I, I, I was in Lawrence for,
1: you know, a college basketball games. So. Yeah.
0: You were only doing that on Saturday <laughs> and then Chiefs on Sunday. It's you been know, a
1: rough weekend.
0: Uh, yeah. I'm sure it's been miserable for you. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, like that was big. And then the, there wasn't just one player around the football like They were flying around and run defense. And, and whenever they had a chance to get the turnovers, they were so opportunistic and in the intensity and the hustle that they had in the pursuit angles. And then they even had really good discipline in some of their rush lanes that caused some of the sacks that they were able to get. So, I mean, just collectively, it was just a phenomenal defensive effort across the board. Like, I mean, yes, there's some guys that had some, that took advantage of some of those moments, but dude, that was, that was collective defense football. And that's, and, and the more that she's able to play like that, boy, I tell you what, man, a lot of, a lot of offenses are going to have trouble moving against them.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if people really know how to evaluate a defense, right? I, I think a lot of people like, it, you know, if they give up any, any yards or any points, I think a lot of people, um, you know, tend to get dismissive about the performance. Look, the other team's going to make plays every once in a while. The other, right. You're going to slip. You're going to – guys are going to, you know, make mistakes. But it's, a, you know, it's about taking advantage of those, those opportunities, like you were talking about, to create the turnovers or or just being dominant. Like, the Chiefs had an advantage in the trenches. They got 11 quarterback hits and four sacks. Like, they got car rattled. They took advantage of, of their opportunities. You know, they occupied their blocks, and they let Nick Bolton and, and Willie Gay go to work in the backfield and collect some TFLs. You know, I mean, you know, when when they needed to lock down, they did. When you know, when they needed to play at the sticks and get off the field, they did. Uh you know, the Raiders took they didn't always take take the opportunities to go for it on fourth down like some other teams have. But yeah, you know, I mean, hey, look, the defense played played lights out, man.
0: I'm sorry, whenever you said TFLs, I was like, Whoa, was that like a new show on MDV or something? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, just the way you said there, like on TFLs. I'm like, Well, is that like Total request <laughs> Live TRL? What are we got going on here, Todd? It took me a minute to process. You're talking about titles for loss, but I got there. I got there.
1: So, so numbers and acronyms. That's 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 how I that's how I put lose Nick Jacobs. Uh, no, I'm going to be lost for a while today. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I mean, look, Hunter Renfro did his thing, Um, you know, and, and well, and again, that's that's it. Could thing. have been a different game if Waller's in there. Oh and yeah. got Waller and Hunter Renfro. Right, both doing their thing, Um, but look, the run defense was was great. Twelve carries for forty-four yards overall, and I know they got down big, so they had to pass. But um, you know, I mean, Derek Carr has has lit up a lot of teams this year. He's put up three hundred or more fairly routinely, um, and he only got to two sixty-three on forty-five pass attempts. By the way, the longest pass—how long do you think the longest pass play the Raiders had today was?
0: Um. I know it was so it was it would have been somewhere between nineteen to twenty-six yards. It was
1: nineteen. They didn't even have a single explosive play in the passing game today.
0: Yeah, was, dude, they're behind the sticks so much that he was just having to take down well, he was just having to to take check down wise, or he was having to take a curl or a crosser or something within five to seven. So uh no, yeah, they didn't they didn't get a ton of opportunities and especially how often they had to try the screen game early because they knew the Chiefs were coming on some of the blitzes. So, yeah, no, they. the reality of it is the Raiders showed that, uh, you know, given the circumstance and situation, I mean, that game goes differently of John Gruden's the head coach. Like, he's got a smart offensive mind. Like, unfortunately, he had, you know, off the field incidents and email issues that, you know, that is why he's yeah. not there. Um, I'm not going to say it's
1: unfortunate. I mean, he
0: think he brought it on himself. So, yeah, I'm I'm trying to be delicate <laughs> about it. So. I, I will not be. <laughs> uh, no, that's that, that's our style. Um, no, but you are right. That's that uh, he has to own what he did there. Um, but you know, like it's just not having Waller. Like it, it makes it difficult on somebody like Greg Olson as an offensive coordinator. Olsen's doing the best he can, but he doesn't have the same mind that John Gruden had of that system and that scheme and how to effectively use Carr. And and so, I mean, he's just trying to figure out ways to get Hunter Renfro open on second and third down. So, you know,
1: it um, it is where it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just like imagine if the Chiefs lost Travis Kelsey from the offense and, and couldn't run, you know, uh, and had, you know, last year's running game, right. Um, you know, I mean, that's kind of the, the situation the Raiders found themselves in, but, but look, I mean, a lot of the, the credit for the Raiders struggles, um, has to go, uh, to the chiefs, but also the offense, man, look, I know they didn't light up the scoreboard. They didn't put up over 400 points, you know, but they did have 132 yards rushing. They did have, you know, uh, 258 yards passing. Is this the new Patrick Mahomes, like we saw him put up five touchdowns against the Raiders early this year, and I think that brought back some of the old nostalgia for 2018, 2019 Patrick Mahomes. Today we saw him 20 of 24, 258 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. It, it, it was uh, it was almost a Tom Brady esque performance, right? Like, you know, there were a couple of times he he hung around in the pocket and got sacked, but very efficient. Took what the defense gave him, hit a big shot or two when it was there. Um, yeah, but I mean, th- is this kind of Andy talked about how important this year? And you've talked about it in the past, the maturation of Patrick Mahomes, the ability to, you know, when when you you know when you can't get you know your power punch off, right? Like when with body blows, when with you know, when with you know your your footwork moving around, wearing the guy down. Um, you know, I mean, it, it felt like that was one of those games and it felt like this game more than any was a step forward in that maturation process for Patrick Mahomes because he was efficient. He was lethal and he didn't make those mistakes that we've seen with balls bouncing up hands. You know, ball, I guess ball placement was better. Accuracy was better. He was a monster today, I thought.
0: Yeah, he was more. Um, he was more surgical. He was like you said, he was more along the, the Tom Brady, Peyton Manning surgical style that those guys had at times in their career when they needed to. And I think he's learned what, what this offense is capable of doing. I think they've accepted what this offense is and isn't capable of doing right now. And they did a really good job building around that with the game plan this week and how they, you know, for example, to get Josh Gordon some confidence, you show a goal line look with multiple tight ends, then you immediately shift out of it to trips formation on the right side and you throw a wide receiver screen to, you know, to Josh Gordon for his first touchdown as a chief. Like, that may not look like a big moment, but for Josh Gordon, that was a huge moment because that's going to help build some massive confidence for him because he feels like he's a part of the offense. He's involved in the offense. Because, I mean, guys will say all that type of stuff, and then Gordon's, you know, Gordon's running the routes out there. He's blocking, but to have that first touchdown as a chief, like, I, I think that, that that could be kind of a little... A little catalyst for him, hopefully here in the weeks ahead. And the Chiefs made a concerted effort to get the ball to him a handful of times, and being able to do that, I thought was kind of thought that was really big, and that can help pay dividends down the road here over the next four games, and hopefully in the look, playoffs. He had
1: he had two catches for eighteen yards coming into this game, right? Um, you know, for so for him, and sorry, two catches for eighteen yards in eight games coming into this one. He had two catches only for nine yards with that touchdown. And he said after the game that that, he and Patrick both talked about how Andy's had that play in for a while. They were just waiting for the right opportunity. And on the goal line, um, you know, it was a great time to run that little tunnel screen. Um, You know, I mean, uh, Gary Pinkle um, was probably smiling as he watched that play somewhere. Um, But uh, Matt Derrick and I were talking about that after the game, uh, Matt, (laughs) about how it was a very Pinkle-esque type play. I think he said he could picture Tommy Saunders uh-huh. Making, making the catch on that one against but, Kansas uh, there at Arrowhead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but both of them also talked about how the confidence factor and how he's been putting in the work, but Josh Gordon was really, he, he, he's a very thoughtful guy. And yeah. uh, for one, to get his first touchdown since the, since the 2019 season opener, and I, he was out last year uh, due to the, the, you know, suspension by the league, but you know, it's been a long time since he found the end zone. But he talked about how, like, look, he, this isn't the first time he's changed teams midseason. And yeah, it's tough to pick up Andy's system, but right now it's more about, he's doubting himself. Like he's, he's doubting, you know, am I running to, you know, am I running this route exactly the way it needs to be? Am I settling down where Pat needs to is my stride too long? And do I need to slow down here or do I need to stretch it out and run fast? Like, He's in his head right now trying to figure it out. And and he talked about needing a shot of confidence and getting in the end zone may may help him. Yeah. Because he's he said right now, I'm he said, I'm trying to do everything that I see in the playbook exactly the way it's in the playbook. But I I don't think that's how Andy operates. And I don't think that's how Patrick Mahomes operates. Like right, there's there's shades of gray in this in this offense, and he's tr- still trying to figure out what those shades are. And I think if he ever can, you know, coming down the stretch, these four games, um, he could have some big games. He could make an impact. It's going to be really interesting to see whether this is, you know, kind of lights a fuse on, on what could be a big bomb for that offense. If Josh Gordon can get going, cause he's scary, big, he can still be a beast in this league.
0: Yeah, he's still got he's still got enough athletic ability. It's just it was gonna take some time because, like I said before in previous podcasts, like this was kind of his OTAs and training camp, the the yeah. you know the past two months, like going through practice and all that stuff, and then also being in those games. That's equivalent of what that was for him. So I mean, he's still playing catch up, and you're hoping he did not catch up till playoff time, you know. <laughs> and you're like, hey, catch up all you need to, my man, um, and and begin to right. stride he- at that point.
1: If he can be playoff Sammy when they get to the playoffs, then that offense will be in pretty darn good a pretty darn good spot, I think.
0: Yes. And and I I will say for the offense in general, I was impressed with the with the efforts that Byron Pringle and Josh Gordon and McCole Hardman all made today and how they all tried to how the Chiefs got them all involved in the offense, but also tried to make them all a part of it and tried to try to continue to find who that third option's gonna be after Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And if they can find a third and a fourth option, like that's going to be really, really big for the chiefs to get to where they want to go. And especially if they can, they can start getting that this week uh, on Thursday night against the chargers like that. That's going to be really, really crucial for them um, to really give themselves a good shot at that number one seed.
1: Yeah. And and look at Hardman was back out there punt returning today since Mike Hughes was needed on the defense. So um, you know, he he stepped back into that role and 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 played his part there. So, um, you know, good to see him have a big play in the passing game and also, you know, play his part in special teams. um Lucas Niang, I feel like he was a break glass in case of emergency activation today because they trusted him at eighty percent, ninety percent, whatever he's back to after that rib injury against the the Green Bay more than Prince Tego Winogo. Um, but obviously they didn't play him. So I feel like he was only there in case, in case Orlando Brown jr. Or Wiley went down and then you were like, all right, now you got to go Lucas. We don't have any other options. How big would it be though? If, if he could come back for that game Thursday, cause you know, Wiley's a right guard who's playing out of position. And so I think you, you tip your cap to him for the job he's done the last four weeks, but I think would there's a guy who wears number ninety seven out in Los Angeles, and I think you'd rather have a true right tackle for that Thursday night game.
0: Yeah, this is kind of for me. What you've been saving, this is what you're saving Fenton and Niang for. If you don't play them, if they didn't play them much in this upcoming, this past game against the Raiders, you were you wanted them to get the practice and get the conditioning, but hold them out until that Chargers game because you need everybody that you can get in that Chargers game. Like if Kyle Long can do it. Hey, guess what? You're gonna be active. If uh if Lucas Niang can do it, hey you guess what? You're gonna be active. Like, I mean, this is kind of the this is the week where the Chiefs can use every single player available, no matter what the cost is, because after it, you get a you get a nice buy till the day after Christmas whenever you play the Steelers at Arrowhead. So yeah, no, the, the Niang's the guy that you if you have to sacrifice him not playing against the Raiders for him to be uh healthy and and ready to go for the for the chargers that's what you that's kind of just what you had to do
1: by the way one play that we haven't talked i really haven't heard it talked about much of anywhere on the one hand it was my favorite play of the game in in some respect it was the play that made you know that that kind of jolted me the most and it was also the play that made me the most unhappy um with the officiating crew um I don't think Alex Okafor will be getting a Christmas card from Derek Carr after what he did to that man <laughs> on that sack play. But I am bitterly angry that Ar- Armani Watts should have had a touchdown. I'm still mad that Armani-, Armani Watts got robbed.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. There was enough points scored today that I, it's not bothering me as much
1: as it's clearly I mean, bothering you.
0: Derek, I thought, bitter, I thought you were Derek Gore break. got
1: his 51-yard touchdown after that. But, but I, you know. Armani, Armani and I go back to the, the SEC days together in the mid-2010s. So, you know, he doesn't know it, but I feel a connection. He doesn't know it, but I feel a connection. <laughs> <laughs> man, Mizzou played at Texas A&M like 18 years in a row. So <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> there's the way you <laughs>
0: said it, though. It was funny. <laughs> um, yeah, really, Todd? Well, I'm glad you're a admirer from afar. Congrats.
1: But, uh, man, Brad, Referee Brad Allen's not getting a Christmas card for me since they blew the play dead. So that's all I'm saying. Well, I, I mean... A lot, a lot of no Christmas cards. on there. I'm going to call that the no Christmas card play. <laughs>
0: okay. I thought you were going to bring up the fake punt that the Raiders did. Uh, that one cracked me up a little bit. But,
1: I, You know what, though? I mean, that just speaks to the level of petty in this rivalry. Like the Chiefs playing wheels on the bus after the game and the Raiders stomping on the logo. Andy calls a timeout like, hmm. We're up 35, nothing. Maybe I will just try to get some more points. And then the Raiders are like, no, you won't. We're going to, you know, I was like, it's just, there's so much petty in this rivalry and I'm here for it because the NFL, you know, with their taunting rule every year, you know, you, one year you can't dance, you can't celebrate, you can't have team celebrations. Now you can't talk smack to the other player. It's called the no fun league for a reason. But when the coaches get just downright petty and teams in a rivalry, just get downright petty. It's it's good for the game. It's fun, I think.
0: It just made me laugh when I saw him do the fake punt, and, and people were responding on Twitter. They're like, well, I, I don't know why they did that. I'm like, dude, Andy called a timeout. That's exactly right. why they did it, man. Yeah. They're like, hey, they're going to score on us anyway, so either That's we right. get the first down and take it into half, or they, they score on us anyways. We just make it quicker.
1: Oh, yeah. No, they were sitting over there like, he called the timeout up 35 to nothing. <laughs> like. Like, all right, what do we got as a fake part play?
0: (laughs) Now, you do bring up a point, though, that I think we do need to address here. And this is something that kind of impressed me. The way that the Chiefs defensive on defensively, offensively, and on the coaching staff hit the accelerator today. They did not stop in that game. They hit the accelerator just like fans have wanted to see week after week. This is one of the few weeks where I was on the opposite end. I'm like, hey, you got a Thursday night game. If you want right, to right. you know, take this guy out. and that Take everybody guy out, out after those. the
1: first drive of the second half.
0: <laughs> like, That's cool, man. I'm not going to be upset about that. Just run the ball. That's fine. Anything that lessens injuries, I'm good with it. Um, Just but now, I mean, North. like this is, this is the killer instinct that people have wanted to see from the Chiefs football team. And Andy went out there and did it. And part of me wonders a little bit with John Gruden not being on the sidelines if that kind of helped that because you know when a Randy's he's going to get some of his former friends and coaches he doesn't necessarily always try to he's respectful and doesn't always try to drive up the score to and the chiefs went 56 to three you know like i mean so i i i don't know if that played a little factor in it but either way he was willing to 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 put the to go full throttle on that and that, that was something that really i i enjoyed seeing i was I was impressed even though it was, Nervous the entire way, especially whenever Tyreek Hill uh took that took that shoulder pad up, up underneath the chin there on that one throw that uh Abram went up there and did.
1: Listen, I wasn't so yeah, I mean I think Pat had taken a hit on the sideline the play before, and then Tyreek is slow to get up after that hit. And I remember thinking, like, get him out, get him all out. Um but I I I tell you, I wasn't as bothered until Tyreek goes to the medical tent, right, comes back out, and jogs back on the field. And I was like, no, what are you doing, man? No, just sit in, somebody get his helmet, stop it. it, it, Yeah, Tyreek's a competitor, man. He loves the play, dude. This is who that dude is that's fine. But like, you know what? You know, I got a seven-year-old who's curious. I don't let him touch the stove. No, no. We got another game. (laughs) You got another game on Thursday, man. Like that, if I'm the coach, I'm going to be like, Hey, we, we need you against the chargers. You know, just like, just sit it out. We'll be good. You'll be fine.
0: I hope they give Derek Gore some more touches. Like, I, I hope he gets some more opportunities, man. Cause like that counter that he had, that was really, really good.
1: Oh yeah. I mean and yeah, and I would have been happy if they just handed off to him the whole second half. Like it would have been the most entertaining part of the game uh for me. Um, you know, just all day Derek Gore just let's see what he, let's see what the kid can do. So, yeah. but look, I'm sure I mean Andy only smiled about it for probably 20 minutes after the game. Um, you know, that that's the most points they've scored since uh since that Rams game they lost 54 uh 51 back in 2018 so yeah. you have to go i don't know i i don't it's i don't know what it's the most points they've scored in a win since i don't know when i don't to go back a few more yeah. years probably uh, it might be the atlanta falcons
0: whenever they beat because that was
1: that well no because they had that 50 they had that that jamal charles raiders game where he scored 56 2 and yeah the,
0: that was another yeah that was another
1: one um, so that that it, yeah. actually it might be the the Raiders game the last time they scored that many in a win, but uh, in the um, Andy Reid era, yeah, no, yeah, was definitely. Uh, but for sure. I'll tell you what, like the other interesting thing that happened was Lamar Jackson goes down and the Browns beat the Ravens. So all of a sudden the Chiefs and we talked about this during the bye, I, I uh, you know we we talked about how if the Chiefs can run the table at thirteen and four, I think they absolutely can get in if they can get to. 12 and 5, I think they still have a chance. Now you need a couple things to go your way, but everything comes down to this Chargers game, right? Cuz if you beat yeah. the Chargers on Thursday, you're up two games in the division with three to play, you're I mean that 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 that's basically a wrap, right? I mean, you you can pretty much book the Chiefs are going to be one of the top 4 seeds and have a home playoff game. So I mean, this is the season, isn't it on Thursday? It's a really big part
0: of if the Chiefs are going to be one of the top four seeds. This, this Thursday night football game is going to be massive. For it's one of the it's one of the biggest games of the season in the AFC. It's one of the biggest games for the Chiefs and Chargers, and it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a record night for the league ratings wise because this is the type of football people want to see in prime time whenever it's isolated by itself. So yeah, this is, this is going to be a really big, really, really, really big Thursday night football game outside of whenever the bucks played the Cowboys in week one.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like this is going to be one of those games. You're going to see a lot of tweets from other NFL players who are kind of following along, wanting to see how this one shakes out. Like, cause I think for a lot of teams and and look, you know, like I said, it's been six weeks. You can say whatever you want about the defense. If the chiefs go out, and put together a complete performance and when going away on a short week at Los Angeles against the only team that has a chance to chase him down in the division, like if they go out and, and do anything close to what they've done the last few weeks against the chargers, I think teams are going to get really nervous yeah. about what this chiefs team is capable of. And by the way, the, the, the last time the Chiefs scored more than forty-eight in a win was that uh December fifteenth, twenty thirteen game against uh the Oakland Raiders, the 56-31. So and then yeah, you I gotta went, go all the way back to then.
0: And then I went and looked, and then yeah, that Falcons game back in 04. When yeah, that was fifty-six 04. they won
1: fifty-six to ten. So that was the eight touchdown, eight rushing touchdown NFL record game. <laughs>
0: Derek Blaylock. What do you think about Derek Blaylock? That's the real question. <laughs>
1: Um, all right. So, okay. This is the question people I've seen pop up. Like I, I, saw it popping up on the, when the Patriots and bills played on Monday night, who do I root for? Who do I root for? Yeah. And I, I said, then you root for a split. I, I don't care who wins this game. You root for the other team to win the next time, the next time. Cause then that puts five losses on both these teams. And then of course, with the bills losing to Tampa Bay, um, it helped you even more. I think you've got to root for the Colts to beat the Patriots next week and then you want that Bills the Bills to to beat the Patriots. That gets the Patriots to two losses. Now you got breathing room. Now if you go 12 and 5, you'll be okay because I'm telling you um the Ravens stretch the, the Ravens home stretch is brutal. Yeah. And if Lamar Jackson can't play, they're already 8 and 5. They it's possible they don't win a game the rest of the way with or without Lamar Jackson. And I I'm, I right. mean it you sound like I as close as they, you can remember though, they needed a 66-yard field goal to beat the Lions earlier this year. Their margin for error isn't big. their Their luck has turned these last couple of weeks, and they're not getting the breaks they were. It's I, I would be stunned if they don't take another loss or two down the stretch. Right, and then the one wild card in there is the Tennessee Titans. They're getting a little healthier. Derek uh, Henry. Derrick Henry could be back. Julio Jones came back. I think A.J. Brown will probably be back at some point. But they've got to play at the Steelers, and they've got to play surging 49ers and Miami Dolphins teams down the stretch. A couple, you know, one or two losses there, and the Chiefs are in great shape still, tied with two other teams, New England and and Tennessee, with the top record in the AFC to get that number one seed and control their own fate again. I know that New York times has like 20%, like uh, to, to do it. I think I like the chief's chances to be the number one seed a lot more than that, but it all hinges on Thursday.
0: Yeah. Thursday, Thursday is a big part of it. And then that number will go up in the New York times probability. And it'll go up in a lot of other places and it'll, it'll go up in the national media's uh, perspective and opinion too. So yeah, that's, that's what, that's what's at stake Thursday night. This is as big as it, as it's going to be for a uh, Chiefs football game outside of the playoffs.
1: Yeah. No, it should be fun. Um, and we're going to come back early. Um, you know, we're going to have another podcast in just a couple of days looking at, at that chiefs chargers matchup since we got a short week too, but
0: so we'll tell make... everybody, get everybody to download it, download it before, <laughs> for the next one drops on Tuesday. Right. Yeah. This is only,
1: yeah. You've only got like a 48 hour window before this podcast becomes irrelevant. And we'll have a new one out. So tell everybody, so... <laughs> That's right. Everybody, tell, you know, tell your, your mom, your family, your friends, everybody got to listen to it. If you, um,
0: got, if you got a, you know, if you got a baby, that can't
1: talk yet. Let them listen to it or that, download it. Listen, Right. That's our motto here. We are your mom's favorite Chiefs podcast, or at least that's what we strive to be. Um, so make sure your mom's listening, please. My mom technically does. So that's an accurate right. statement. <laughs> right. I have to download it for my mother, but she... <laughs> she, she, she She's not as tech savvy as your mom, but you know, so you she enjoys it when she can listen. You're telling She's me like, your oh, mom. I heard you on my phone today. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me your mom doesn't like me. <laughs> no, she lo- she loves Nick Jacobs. She thinks you uh, you know, uh keeps me in check and she knows that you're always there when I need a hug.
0: All right. Well, this is uh <laughs> this appears to be my exit at this point. So I'm going to Listen. Gonna listen. Get, I'm going to. It was
1: 35 to nothing. What do you think was going through my head today though, Nick? Todd, I have no idea, and I don't even want to. I like, It's like being John Malkovich. I, tw- I tweeted it. I was like, "Is this the day? Is this the day my seventy-seven nothing
0: prediction?" Comes <laughs> oh yeah, it? right. Yeah, you, <laughs> I mean, I, I was like, uh, I was like, until until they get to that sixty-two and then <sighs> striking distance there. I was like, till they get to sixty-two. I was like, I, I don't <laughs> I know, was, God. But for would have I would have started believing and rooting for you if they got to sixty-two, but I didn't. I I didn't even think they'd get to 48. I thought they were gonna I
1: thought they're gonna close up shop at 42. Right, right. No, I did well, and they probably would have if Derek Gore hadn't just busted free for for a big (laughs) one. Like Andy, you know, I mean, Andy's probably like next time go down at the five. We'll just kneel out the rest of the game. (laughs) But no, I was super excited. I was like, if they're ever gonna do it to anybody, it's going to be the Raiders or the Broncos, just out of spite. Um, so I, I thought. That was my that was my opportunity, Nick. Yeah. And I will
0: say the Broncos and Raiders back to back weeks, dude. They were going out of their way to be physical with Travis Kelsey and with that Chiefs offense, man. Yeah. They were trying to bully him. But what was so awful about the Raiders in the game today, they were down 35 nothing. I see their defensive end celebrating that they got a sack or that they made a play. <laughs> and I'm like, You're still down 35, man. Right. Like, what are you doing?
1: Down you should yeah, yeah, scoreboard. Um, they, the chiefs have just scored four straight touchdowns on you. Like read the room guys. <laughs> <laughs> they were not reading the room. <laughs> like all, all the guys who showed up in silver and black jerseys have already left. Cause they don't want to hear uh, from you guys so. yeah. or they don't want to hear from the Chiefs fans anymore. Tough break,
0: yeah. tough break. I hope they, hope they enjoyed their bus tour back home.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I do not think there was a victory. I do not think that, that if they gave the bus driver, any instructions today, it was, go faster <laughs> we need to get home we need to get out of Kansas City so alright man well that's all I got um, you know I, I enjoyed chatting with you about Chiefs as I always do but uh, you know this one was particularly fun to talk about
0: yeah, Todd, it's been uh, it's, it's been an experience <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that alright well take care kid.